Hi, I'm Oshin Lunny, welcoming you to the Siemens Advanta podcast, where we invite you to unlock the full potential of IoT. Every episode, we chat with some world-leading experts who can help to make the vision of an optimistic IoT-powered future a reality. And today, we're going to be squaring the circle of operations and information, and seeing how information technology can unlock the full potential of operational efficiency. Want to know how to deliver more precise, more valuable, more environmentally friendly manufacturing across your ecosystem? Great, of course you do. Well, you're in the right place as we're going to be joined on the podcast by two exceptional experts from the overlap of IT and OT to break it down for us. Welcome to the podcast, Rainer Brehm, CEO of Factory Automation at Siemens. Thank you, Oshin, to have me. Great to have you here. And welcome to the podcast, Wolfgang Trier, Chairman of the Board at Softing AG. Hi, Oshin. Good to be with you. Awesome. So let's dive right in. We live in a world where digitization is no longer an option, but a necessity and very much a competitive advantage. Now, on previous editions of the podcast, we've explored everything from digital twins to ecosystem thinking to understand how digitization is redefining our modern world. And for industrial producers today, there is a race to digitize their operations and to stay ahead of this trend. But of course, not everyone is on track. So to begin with, let's go to the Gemba. Let's go to the factory floor. Rainer, what are the challenges that need to be overcome to make the progress that is so essential for this sector to meet the future? Well, Oshin, um, a good question. And there are a lot of questions probably that has changed over time. Because um, in the past, you looked for, you know, what is, you know, faster time to market, uh, higher productivity, higher quality. Um, if you look at the current world where you have a problem of a resilience of the supply chain, uh, things are changing. Yeah, And, and yeah. currently what we see, there is a, a big demand of going away from a very stiff manufacturing, like, you know, Henry Ford was inventing kind of the assembly line, which is yeah. a very non-flexible system. I think you need to have more flexibility because demands are changing rapidly. Um, mm. Supply is changing rapidly. So the question is how we get a more flexible, a more adaptable, but also more sustainable manufacturing in and getting the transparency over the supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. And this, of course, kind of leads into the area of supply chain and logistics. Uh, Rhino, what are some of the challenges and opportunities that exist in the world for customers to really optimize their supply chain and logistics today? I mean, the word optimization maybe is not the current one. I think the word which is currently more relevant is resilient. So how I can make supply chain more resilient? And what we see there is, you know, first of all, you need to get transparency and not only transparency to your first year suppliers, but probably in this current situation to your, you know, the supplier of your supplier or the supplier of your supplier of your supplier, because somehow it's going to be effect whether you have material on the one side. On the other side, things are changing very rapidly. We see in our own factory, we have decommitments suddenly. So we were expecting a delivery coming in in the morning. It didn't come in. So what we do now, do we have a standstill on manufacturing or we need to adapt very rapidly on what's available? Yeah. So uh, that transparency is really key currently and reacting fast if it's not fulfilling what was promised. 
Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So manufacturing needs to be agile. It needs to be resilient. It needs to be very flexible is, is what I'm hearing from you. Now, of course, now that you've kind of outlined some of the challenges, I'm going to have to put you on the spot by asking what kind of solutions are available. And can you give us a hint about some of the latest technology that can help manufacturing meet these challenges? Yeah, well, well, and also maybe talking about our factory. In the past, when we had a product um, and we want to introduce a product into the manufacturing, it probably took us months. Yeah, So basically, we did a design of the product, we simulated it, and then we manufactured it. In the current situation, when we need to apply second sources because of the scarcity of, of components, we are in the meanwhile capable within 24, 48 hours to do a design chain on a product and put it down the line in manufacturing it. Wow. And that's only possible when you connect really the complete digital change from a product design simulation down to the factory floor. And that's very important, having that uh, digital chain closed, not only in the digital world, but really going down to the shop floor. I mean, that is one of the main topic. And the technologies which are used there is much more now the connection of IT and OT, as we had as a topic of the episode, because you come from the virtual world, you go down to the real world, and you come from technologies like cloud and edge and connecting it with the, with the controls layer, with the OT world. Of course, this must generate a lot of data, which, again, is possibly something quite new for the sector. You've got, you know, lots of data from OT and IT systems. How do you kind of bring it together to make sense of it and to leverage data as a competitive advantage? First of all, you need to get the data out of the OT systems and a lot of legacy systems as well. But then also you need to have an infrastructure where you are processing the data. And we see from a Siemens perspective that, you know, you have the control level, you have the edge level, and you have the cloud level. Yeah. And you need to have a seamless data flow and then using that infrastructure to really solve the problem. And we see that also solving the problem, you use new technologies like AI and other topics in order to solve problems you haven't been solved in the past. Yeah. The problem which comes up there is, you know, how you find experts who do that programming. And there's another topic which is very important. We see low-code programming, for example, a very, very important aspect on that. So that generates some of our ingredients of a burger. You have cloud, you have edge, you have low-code, you have connectivity. And you bring this together, all these ingredients, to formulate a burger that customer can eat. Oh, fantastic. So this is like... A a burger, a stack of data from different sources, and there's different solutions in there. I mean, I'm getting hungry listening to you. So let's stack up some additional metaphors on top of the burger analogy. So I was today years old when I learned about the phrase shop floor salad, which to be fair, feels like the inside of my head when I wake up on most days. But uh, Wolfgang, can you share with our listeners what exactly is shop floor salad? Well, uh, a good burger will have some lettuce between the buns. Uh, they <laughs> typically use, like, let's say, an iceberg salad prepared in uh, uniform sizes and texture. Well, unfortunately, not so in our world. In brownfield applications, we can only harvest what has been planted previously. Our salad is sort of a crazy mix of all kinds of herbs and leaves. <laughs> Yet we have to get it into some form that can be standardized and fit into the burger-making process. Mm. That's where Softing steps in. On the shop floor of brownfield production, you will find a variety of proprietary assets, typically all in good shape, but not providing any kind of standard interfaces like OPC UA, which leading manufacturers such as Siemens would have in today's equipment. Mm. So the challenge is to access that data coming from PLCs or CNC machine controllers. Mm. 
many of the protocols have never been designed for that purpose. And often machine vendors do not disclose their individual protocols. Our connectors contain the know-how of the data mining experts to extract that data anyway and to pass it on to the cloud. However, that means that a wide range of connectors has to be available to deal with this crazy mix of salad and bring it into a shape and kind that we can put it up on our delicious burgers. What Oscar says is really, really important because if you look in Europe, normally you have brown fields. There are yeah. very few green fields. So if IoT should work and bring the power, you need to connect to Brownfield. And as Wolfgang said, these systems were not designed in the past to deliver a lot of data. And they use the data by themselves, the systems, the PLC, the CNCs. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And now getting this data out is so essential, especially in the, I would say, 80% of the cases, which are Brownfield cases. We have experience getting data out from machines and equipment that still have three and a half inch floppy on it. They don't even <laughs> have an USB-A to uh, put a stick in there. Yet we can fully integrate them into a modern technology system. It, exactly what Wolfgang said. When we were designing our PLCs 20, 30 years ago, which are still running, um, you know, they were even not connected. Uh, they were standalone. And the question is now how you get the data out of them because they're still running and the customers say, you know, it's running fine, the machine is running fine, but I need to get more insights yeah, in order to optimize the complete line, for example. Wow. Oh, yeah. I imagine you're working with a culture sometimes of uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's like, oh, yeah, we're not sure if we're going to connect that machine because we don't know. It's just we haven't switched it off in like 30 years. So who knows what's going to happen? So let's kind of have a look at this world where shop floor salad has all been fixed. You've kind of used the right connectors and the expertise and you've optimized the whole process and there's no salad on the floor. It's all in this tasty burger stack. Now, I'll start with yourself, Wolfgang. Let's imagine a business that has implemented these great solutions. So if you could outline for our listeners, what kind of opportunities is this business embracing? What kind of benefits are they enjoying? A good example of what we met on one situation was a component production of a large automotive and truck manufacturer. He operates about 12 plants on three continents. And the goal was to optimize the throughput, minimize cost and scrap uh, using a centralized artificial intelligence-based analytics of production data. AI is great, but as we all know, it needs tons of data to work. So Softing's job was to pull data from five different types of CNC tooling machines and controllers. Mm. The existing manufacturing machines had an estimating worth of about 30 million in each plant. And most of them were missing today's connectivity. However, you know, being 12 years of age and older, they were in great shape and everybody wants to continue using them as they are. Mm. In principle, one could follow two approaches on solving this. If you want additional data, you could add sensors to the existing equipment and generate the data, hmm. but you have to alter the equipment, and obviously that's something that production managers hate to do. Yeah. However, you can also get the data needed and tap the existing systems, which is the more elegant approach, providing the upper layers with the needed data. Therefore, installing edge connector is the de facto only realistic way to provide an IT analytic tools with the OT raw material needed for generating that information. 
That's absolutely fascinating. You're really modernizing the whole process. Now, I imagine once you get visibility of the different processes and the resources used, you can set about optimizing it even with legacy equipment. And this is wonderful, obviously. But let's think this further, especially, you know, this summer, we've been sweating a lot in Europe with record temperatures. So global warming is not a fantasy anymore, but it is fact. So when talking about sustainability, how can we leverage this technology for a greener future? Well, a good example for this is the steel industry. It is one of these sectors that are most confronted with the question about their environmental footprint. The reduction of ore to a refined metal requires a lot of energy and the classic technique of using a coking coal to reduce the iron into a bare metal generates huge amounts of carbon dioxide. So European steel manufacturers are leading the way, sensing the threat of environmental regulations. They prepare for it by exploring alternative ways to produce steel. Hydrogen is playing one prime role in it. The deposition of carbon dioxide and the reduction of pure carbon is another one. So in any way, new production processes will need a very well-tuned and managed production steps in which full control of all steps is an absolute must. Mm. One has to have data from all these process steps, and such data needs to be made available to a centralized process control. In most cases, you cannot afford to build it all from scratch. I love this. I love the environmental example. I really get how Leveraging new technology can open all kinds of potential and, you know, very much from making cleaner, greener manufacturing. That is just one of my favorite, favorite topics. So let's actually circle back on this with yourself, Reiner. Now, I know that reaching net zero is super important to Siemens. I've been very inspired by discussions with Dr. Roland Bush and Barbara Humpton about this. What's the environmental potential of this new approach, Reiner? Well, first of all, in order to save energy, you need to get transparency where you consume energy. And, and that's not a given thing. Yeah. So first of all, yeah. create that transparency. And again, you need to connect devices in order to get this uh, transparency. And when you have the transparency, then you need to optimize your production in order to reduce it. In order to optimizing it, you know, you need to maybe apply new technologies, new algorithms, do the optimization. You need to execute it somewhere. Yeah. So you don't execute that in a classical PLC, you don't you know, program this and already know this. So you need to be very flexible of reacting on things. Mm. And there probably, again, our burger comes into play because that execution, you're getting this kind of transparency into the burger and then executing on where is the consumption. I think that's a very, very essential part. You know, you talk about not only the need for this delicious IoT burger, but the fact that it has to be transparent, it has to be trustable. You know, some folks say that data is the new oil. Other people say that trust is the new oil. This seems like a scenario where uh, data and trust is the new burger, which is a tastier metaphor than oil. And um, talk to us a bit about the role of Siemens. I love the ecosystem thinking and the fact that you bring together third-party solutions like Softing. You're making new stuff possible in the manufacturing environment. This could not have existed before, but the ecosystem thinking and just your whole approach is opening this up, bringing it together, leveraging the best of all worlds. So talk to us about this philosophy in Siemens, what it means, and what are some of the benefits of this new transparent approach? I think everybody talks about ecosystem, but it Mm. it is reality. The challenges of the future are so huge, not a single company could cope it. We need to work in networks, 
yes. with partners on eye level. And we as Siemens do that, what we can good, we can um, provide very reliable um, kind of infrastructure systems, you know, mm. look at our PLC. What is a PLC? It's a controller where customers are programming their program, but it's an infrastructure. Yeah. So we want to provide infrastructure, want to provide platforms where others can add value. And, you know, if some companies can optimize the energy consumption, you know, let them do that optimization. Yeah. A lot of partners have a lot of domain knowledge in producing steel or producing cars or ice cream or whatever. So let them implement their domain knowledge. Let them codify their domain knowledge in apps. Yeah. Or maybe some others are very local because some customer says, well, nice that, you know, you have expertise, but you sit in Ireland and my factory is in, in Indonesia. Sure. So I better have somebody in Indonesia who solves my problem. Yeah. So we also need to get this kind of global presence into that. So we need to work in a network to really solve the global challenges. And that's only possible in an open ecosystem. Let's reuse things which are there in different scenarios. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you, Rainer. And uh, Wolfgang, coming over to yourself, what are some of your top tips for successfully implementing projects and accelerating initiatives? You know, this is so important for everyone to get moving. I think you, you have to bear in mind that changing or adding to a larger industrial production process somewhat compares to a surgery on the open heart. There is absolutely uh -oh. no room for fatal errors. Yeah. The approach for success reminds me of what my flight instructor for instrument flying once hammered into my head. It's called the 6P rule. And excuse the direct American words, but the 6P rules is real easy. It says proper planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> In other words, POCs are required to prepare yes. for the go-live moment. You don't mess with these things. You want to be sure. prepared and want to have thought about all contingencies up front. Yeah. That's why a well-planned and built architecture for data flows and the data processing has to be set up front. So staying in your initial analogy, I'd say that you will have to prepare every step and part of your new burger joint before you open it up for lunch rush hour. Indeed, indeed. Well said. I love this analogy so much. So I can imagine that you have to deal with some very different perspectives and challenges with different customers. So they're going to be those who already have a really clear vision and an implementation plan around leveraging their data, the data transparency, and then transforming those assets into wonderful additional business. But on the other end of the spectrum, there's going to be those who are still at a very early stage and they're just finding out where to start. But you know, as we said earlier, we all need to get on board. We all need to do this. How can we support customers in this digital transformation journey and help them find the right starting point? Well, um, Advanta, for example, Siemens was exactly built because we got exactly those questions for a lot of customers and say, hey, how are we going to start this? And yeah. as I said, you need to have a business case on the one side, but on the other side also, you might, on the ideation phase, look at what others did. You know, yes. and, and Advanta, for example, is good experience. A lot of customers, what can be done? Where are the gold nuggets to find? So, you know, ha having help on a consulting support to find what is the best point to start, 
where others have been successful, I think is very, very valuable. That's fantastic. Yeah, you're really leveraging the benefits of, you know, ecosystem thinking internally and externally in terms of education. That's absolutely brilliant. So, you know, we've had the the most delicious of burgers on this chat. We've, you know, done away with messy shop floor salads. And now I would like to invite you to, as we wrap up our episode, as we always do with some key takeaways for our C-suite listeners. So let's imagine that our C-suite listenership had booked a meeting with you but it's in an elevator between their other meetings. And, you know, maybe it's a bit rude, but let's just imagine for the sake of this. So you've only got a few minutes to share your best recommendations, but what would they be? Take it away, Reiner. What's your elevator pitch on your key takeaways for a C-suite listeners? IoT needs to connect uh, control edge cloud and you know, giving all the ingredients for the burger, number one. And let the partner focus on their core value. Partners of... Connectors, for example, like Softing, but also maybe machine builders on the knowledge of their machine or end customers on optimizing their process. So let's everybody in the ecosystem do what they can do best. Excellent. Okay, we've got a few more floors to go. I can see a look on our C-suite listeners face saying, hey, but what about implementation? Any hurdles there? Ryan, what would you say to that doubtful look on the face? As we discussed, no. So start with topics which are really relevant for you, but start maybe with a proof of concept because going then really into real factory, there's normally no flaw allowed. Yeah, so start with a POC, think about the business case, but also have in mind how you scale up later on. Okay, and this is your lucky day. Our elevator has just become stuck below the top floor. So you've got another few moments with our C-suite listeners who are now all stuck in an imaginary lift with you both. So I'd love you just to share your future vision. Starting with yourself, Wolfgang, take it away. Well, edge connectivity for the brownfield market is a huge market segment. There's a lot of value for our customers in going that journey with us. Uh, Softing will continue to expand the number of edge blocks for more proprietary OT protocols and control units. Hmm. We started early with Siemens. We feel honored to be one of the first partners on the Siemens Industrial Edge platform, and we will provide edge blocks of superior quality and uh, want to become the number one provider of connectors for Siemens customers. So we probably just have a short amount of time. Reiner, what would you tell our Lyft occupants? What does the future hold? What thoughts would you like our elevator guests to take with them? Yeah, basically, you know, it's a no regret move moving in this IoT world. You know, there are a lot of things you can already solve in this open system with partners. And it also maybe now, if you look, so think about the future, it enables also maybe in the future completely new business models. So take this as a starting point. And I think we don't know yet how the future looks like, but... We all believe really that IoT is one of the big enablers to really change industry going forward. Fantastic. So there you have it. The elevator has now reached its top floor and the future of manufacturing is clear. We need to embrace the potential of IT optimized OT. We need to take legacy shop floor salad off the menu and order ourselves a delicious and satisfying IoT burger. It's a no regret move. Thank you so much to our two IT and OT master chefs for a fascinating elevator ride together. Rainer Brehm. Thank you. And Wolfgang Trier. Thank you. My pleasure. Listeners, thanks so much for joining us for this fascinating discussion. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please don't forget to tell your friends, share with your colleagues and leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you haven't already, feel free to hit that subscribe button and join us again for more fascinating discussions on the Siemens Advanta podcast. See you next time.